The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Punt and Pass podcast. This is your week 10 roundup. I am your host, Drew Butler, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Murray. And Aaron, I think we know what to expect throughout the rest of November heading towards conference championship weekends and then of course culminating with the college football playoff tons of action to cover what went down yesterday you were up in New York City CBS Sports Network and uh, you got some pretty good exposure how was that up there I'm telling you what it's not a bad gig when you get to one call, we did about a show from 10 to 11, an Armed Force show covering Air Force, Army, Navy, which was awesome covering those guys and, and talking about just the amazing things that those kids do, not only on the field, but off the field. And then get to turn around and just literally watch football all day and then jump on halftime shows for about 15, 20 minutes and talk about what you're watching. And and we had a suite. We had a, we have a, what we call the pit. We all got like little little desk computer in front of you and about 20 TVs playing every single football game going on. So it's it's heaven. We got food, we got drinks, and then like I said, at halftime you jump on and and just chat about what's going on in college football. So it is a heck of a time. Uh, I had a blast for my first time in studio, and I'll have to talk with CBS a little bit and see if I can do some more of that. Yeah, dude, CBS, talk with them. And then also, I want your lower third, when you are on CBS for these next couple of weeks, I want your lower third to say, host of the Punt and Pass podcast, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram, at Aaron Murray, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler 13. But yeah, dude, good exposure for you. I know that's a blast. And uh, I always love seeing what you're up to on those social media accounts. And I believe you brought Sharon up there with you. Was that planned or last second deal? What happened there? So she was visiting some friends and actually worked out uh, they were in between going to go watch the Georgia game. Actually, I forgot what bar they were going to. So I was like, Hey, listen, I'm in studio. Why don't you come check it out? See what, uh, see what I'm doing all day. And she had to show, I showed her the desk a little bit. She had to meet everyone else, all the, all the studs at CBS and college football, uh, all the announcers. So she had a great time. It was fun. And, uh, I was catching up on you. It looked like you had a good time in Athens and also some big news coming from the the Butler household. Yeah, dude. So we just got to announce it today. Uh, Jackie, my wife of almost four years, is pregnant. So we are expecting our first child, May 2018. Um, so we had a big old time up in Athens. I, I dragged her up to the game with me because we had just moved back to Atlanta. So I wanted to show her around. And guess what, dude? The dogs are number one in the nation now, and I got denied sideline access. So I couldn't go oh. on the sideline. <laughs> you want to talk about being served oh, a nice just, piece of humble pie. It's like I'm with my wife, and they're going, uh, no, not today. So, you know, they bring me up there. I help them out, call the dogs in the Sanford game back when Georgia was just kind of a nobody. And uh, now they're number one in the nation, and they forgot and they about let the small the guy. Sideline. I mean, how Isn't about your that? Dad hel- Isn't your dad helping coach the kickers, My too, dad is a coach. That is correct. Yes. Yeah, like, <laughs> so. he is a coach. He's not helping. He is a coach. I mean. <laughs> so, 
you mind know, throw my resume out the window. You know, I, you know, yeah. I, I'm one to shameless self promote, but throw my resume out the window. Um, my dad's a coach, and they <laughs> let me on the field. I was so, rolling last night in studio when you called me. I'm like, what in the world is Drew calling me about? And I get it. And I'm just like, no way they didn't let this guy in the field. But <laughs> man, I guess when you're number one, I guess everyone and their mother is just showing up and, and trying to get sideline passes. Yeah, so that shouldn't matter though, I you know? Guess, Come on, I dude. guess if you want to get on the sideline, you gotta you gotta you gotta request about three weeks in advance now. Oh, give me a break. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride this one out. I will I will uh be pity, you know. I'll I'll, uh, I'll be petty, excuse me. I will certainly be petty in that regard. But Jack and I had a great time. Um, you know, I just wanted to be down there like during the pregame too, because I had tickets. Like I was chilling. I just wanted a couple pictures, you know, make the wife happy. Yeah, go see Uga. Yeah, the Uga. Yeah, all the good stuff. And uh, yeah, if I got a fat denial right in my face, so um, check back Thursday, and uh, I'll let you know who I pick when Georgia goes to play Auburn. Things could have changed drastically. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm... <laughs> Seeing if, if you want to jump to the dark side over here, man. All right. Speaking of the dark side, too. Speaking of the dark side, too. Before we jump into our roundup, so I don't even know how it happened. Oh, I know what happened. So yesterday, after Georgia won again, I went back to when we had David Pollock on the podcast, and you and him were giving me a hard time, calling me a homer, blah blah blah, asking me, you know, who I would pick between Georgia and Alabama, and I just sent out a funny tweet yesterday you know i tagged david in it i was like he called me a homer he called me biased you know dogs are nine and no dogs on top number one in the nation people like seriously take the twitter stuff so seriously i mean they like don't you know and, like, like david was telling us he's like i can't I, i'm never right i cannot be right either i'm a homer no. or i'm a hater there's no in between so i was like having some fun with it and then people were like bashing david pollock i'm sitting there I had to keep tweeting people back like, guys, this is a joke. I, you know, I know and I respect David really well, and this all goes back to us having fun on the podcast. But one guy tweeted at me, and he nicknamed him Paycheck Pollock. So I took that and I rolled with it. He goes, Paycheck Pollock will never pick for the dogs. And I was like, I actually like that. That's pretty funny. So oh, uh, David Pollock, you're the man. Keep doing your thing. And Aaron. Yeah, keep doing keep, your keep, job. Keep picking against this, the dogs too. You making it happen. It, I make it happen, and and this is an interesting week, and, and we'll touch about it later in the week with our preview show, but it's going to be a big week, and I think Auburn right now, looking at their season, they have the dogs at home, and then they have Alabama at home, two big SEC games, and the big favor, like I said, that home field advantage for the Tigers, the War Eagles, whatever you want to call them, that is a huge, huge advantage for those big games to finish the season off, but like I said, that's later down the line, we'll talk about it on Thursday when the show comes out. For sure, no question. And then right now, we're going to dive into this Week 10 Roundup. And Aaron, when I was walking around Athens, I got a bunch of compliments about the podcast. So I really appreciate everybody hollering at me about that. I appreciate all of our fans and listeners tuning in. I think we need to start making some merchandise, dude. Take our logo, put it on a hat, maybe send out some t-shirts, koozies, all that good stuff. That can certainly happen because there is a lot about to go down these next four weeks filled with college football. Okay, picks we did not do well we pushed one game i won one and i lost three you won zero and lost four against the shred so Uh, we're back i was on such a roll man i was on a roll too i know and you know what we we started off and we laid the points okay georgia was a 24 point favorite south carolina was coming into town this is a heated rivalry game within the sec east dogs wearing the bullseye on their back number one ranked in the college football playoff poll. And I was at the game. There was never a sense of urgency in the stadium. This was, 
Uh, not as flashy as some Georgia victories have been this magical season so far through nine games, but it was never really in doubt. Georgia dominated the game, um, and and I like the aggressiveness of starting off with an onside kick. I like the aggressiveness of starting with throwing the ball for Jake and, and getting some confidence starting out against the Gamecocks. But when it came down to it, Aaron, Georgia just continued to run the ball. The defense played so well, and that brand of football shows up every single week. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with you on the onside kick. You have a, you have a great defense uh, to start a game off. You're going to punt them. Obviously, the way we've been kicking off nowadays, you're going to put a team at the 20, 25-yard line to start the game off. Great defense. You stop them. You get great field position for your offense, and you're rolling from there. Instead, you give... Uh, South Carolina great field position to start the game and, and it doesn't matter this is just looking back just me be, me being uh, just critiquing a little bit did not like that but the biggest stat of the day is the time of possession 38 38 minutes to 22 minutes and yeah if you're going to hold the ball for 38 minutes a game especially with that run game defenses are going to be worn down it's like when I cover these triple options team when I cover, cover Air Force and Army and Navy and you see them get like close to 40 minutes to possession time, especially with the number of runs, those defenses are just shot down by the third and fourth quarter. Yeah. And that's when you start seeing, I mean, Georgia all day long was imposing their will. And I'm going to talk a little bit about from, and we talk about every week. Let's see him pass the ball. Let's see him pass the ball. And, and the one thing I really like about this kid, he gives his receivers an opportunity to go out there and make catches. Yeah. He does a great job on those 50, 50 balls saying, listen, I got great tight ends. I got great receivers. I got great backs. I can catch the ball in the backfield. I'm just going to give them a chance to go make a play for me. Majority of the time, it's going to be caught. And then if it's not, it's going to be an incomplete pass. So really like from the young kid, learning that at a young age is just understanding, man, I got some studs. Let me go do, they have scholarships too. Let them go and let them go earn those scholarships. Man. Yeah. Just give them a chance. Give them a chance. Going back to that onside kick. I like Kirby smarts quote after the game. We wanted to be the hunters not the hunted. And, and in hindsight, you just said it, Murray. Uh, if, if it works, he's a genius. Uh, and if South, if South Carolina would have scored a touchdown on that drive, he would have looked like a fool. But that's football. And and by being able to trust your defense to get off the field with no points get on the board, uh, that's just a wrinkle that you could throw on there. But Georgia does not cover. It was a humongous point spread. Um, I, I like the way they look, though. And there is a Big, big test coming up this weekend as they travel west to play Auburn, who I believe now has jumped into the top 10 in the AP and coaches poll that came out earlier today. So a good win for Georgia. Um, You know, you'll take every single win, no matter how they come within the conference. And ding, 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 Kentucky loses to Ole Miss. Georgia are your SEC East champions. So, um how are you going to get your SEC championship tickets, Murray? Dude, I'm still looking. I didn't. <laughs> so we're watching the games, and all of a sudden, uh, Ole Miss drives down. They throw that touchdown in the back corner to win the game, and I'm just like, "Holy smokes, craziness!" I wasn't even thinking that Georgia clinched. And all of a sudden, the great thing about being in studio is we have about 15 dudes that just know every stat about college football. Yeah, Their like job is just department. To, yeah, our yeah. research department's awesome. We're sitting in with them, and all of a sudden, one of the guys, as soon as it happened. Georgia clinch. I'm like, holy smoke, these guys are on top of their game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so to get that information right then and there was awesome. And it was great to see it. I was just celebrating the great, great finish of the game, not realizing at all that the dogs are going to be heading back to Atlanta in a month. And now the hunt for tickets begins right now. I'm yeah. texting every single person. I'm hitting everyone up on CBS. 
Hit Ali the Force up. Yes. Let me on the sideline. I will be a spotter. I will do interviews. I will be a water boy. Let's rock and roll, baby. Can we make that a package deal? Because I think if I ask the same people at the University of Georgia who said thanks but no thanks this past weekend, I don't know if I can uh, get the SEC championship sideline passes. But you know what, Murray? You and I deserve them. We're both great guys. And uh, for that reason We have a great alone, podcast, man. Why wouldn't you want the pun pass? You're exactly right. In this game. I'm just saying. The best SEC just podcast that. in all the land. Okay, the next game, number two, Alabama. Welcomed in the number 19-ranked LSU Tigers. A huge, huge rivalry game within the SEC West. And this game went very similarly to how Georgia played South Carolina. Score-wise, it was identical. Alabama beats LSU 24-10. to Bama does not cover the 21.5 points that they were favorited by. We both picked Bama to cover. They didn't. But again, their brand of football, much like Georgia's, shows up week to week. And when you can grind, grind, grind down a defense like Alabama continued to do against LSU at home during a night game, you're going to come out with a victory most times than not. So 24 to 10, Alabama wins. Do you think they'll be ranked number one Tuesday evening, second college football playoff polls? Was that nice enough or did Georgia take care of business? No, I think Georgia taking care of business. I don't think Alabama, I think if Alabama would have won by like 30, 40 points and maybe, but I don't know how you can flip flop, but going back to this game, I just thought LSU, how do you not understand that your offense is very basic? You do, you, you do motions, you do shifts, you run the jet sweep. That's about it. And, and Alabama had two weeks to prepare for this. You think LSU would kind of be like, okay, I think they're going to have our number. Let's kind of mix it up a little bit. Yeah. But no, they kept with the jet sweeps. They kept with all the motions and Alabama's just laughing like, Dudes, we've had two weeks of study film. We've had two weeks to rep this. We know what you're doing. We know where the ball is going. Let's try to be a little bit more creative. And Matt Canada did not get creative offensively. They looked bad. Danny Etling looked bad at quarterback for LSU, got benched at the end of the game because he was looking so dang bad. But you got to put some put something on the, the offensive coordinator, Matt Canada for LSU, not coming in with a more creative game plan for those boys, putting them in a better position. And then Alabama, once again, Alabama's defense dominates. The one thing, though, they did get banged up a little bit defensively. So we'll see how those guys heal over these next couple of weeks because they got some big games. They got yeah. Mississippi State. It's going to be big this week. They weekend. got Auburn. It's just a lot of crazy great games to finish the season off. And and they have Georgia's clinched the East. We've talked about Georgia has punched their ticket to Atlanta. Alabama has not punched nope. it because Auburn is still alive. So these next couple of weeks are really important for Alabama to get healthy get back out there and play in the way they've been playing. Yeah, Alabama certainly has that backloaded schedule. It's all going to start this weekend in Starkville, a tough place to play. And if Nick Fitzgerald performs well, then Mississippi State can honestly, I think, be a real threat. And Aaron, when you're up in New York hanging out with all the CBS Sports Studio broadcasters and you're calling these games, I mean, dude, let's be honest, you were a quarterback in the NFL. You were the SEC's all-time leading passer in touchdowns and yardage. You can break down football, X's and O's wise. You can watch the All-22. You can get on your Exos and just literally go film after film after film and tell everybody what's going to happen what to expect. And I'm relating this back to what you mentioned talking about LSU's offense. But for me, not as much of an X's and O's guys. I know one thing, okay? Football can be made to to seem extremely complicated, but it's really not. And, and when you were in high school and then in college and then in the NFL, you always hear coaches say the exact same things 
every single week. They say, who can block better? Who can tackle better? Who's going to win on third down? Can we have a couple of plays, explosive plays of 25 yards or more? What's the turnover ratio going to be at the end of the game? Those are the factors that decide winning football and losing football. LSU has certainly not grasped that in a few factors, but Alabama continues to, and we see it week after week, with how fundamentally sound they are from the top down, from Nick Saban all the way down to the water boy. They take care of the small things that matter most, grind them down, get a big-time victory in a huge rivalry game, and uh, continue to move on. So block, tackle, third downs, explosive plays, and turnovers. I mean, that that's what it's all about. And uh, we're going to see if that can certainly prove a difference here and Alabama's heavy, heavy backside of their schedule. The early game this past Saturday, number 14, Auburn traveled to College Station to take on Texas A&M. Auburn was a 15-point favorite, and guess how many points they won by? That, of course, be 15, Las Vegas. Very, oh, very killing good me. at killing. their jobs. But Auburn rolls, and I'm hearing some whispers that Kevin Sumlin may be on his way out at Texas A&M, and I've got it interesting name for you a very very two interesting names for you ready for the first one Let's Chip go, Kelly Bingham. okay or Mike Bobo at Texas A&M coach Bobo is a great recruiter I don't know if he would like to be I obviously he wants to get back in the SEC but I think for him and, and the, the type of football that he has been coaching and the type of offense that he can bring to Texas A&M I think coach Bobo would be a really good coach there because he understands what you need to do on the recruiting trail, and he can obviously recruit a decent quarterback like yourself. That's where it all I starts. Tell you, so I was in studio, uh, like I've been saying, and then Houston Nutt was doing the show with us, uh, old former Arkansas he coach, Ole Miss coach. Because he won his settlement with us. Yeah, seriously. He's, good for him. He's living a good life, but super <laughs> great dude. I mean, he was awesome to work with all weekend. But him and I are talking about just the, the atmosphere of this – of being an SCC coach, and it's definitely not a place you go retire. It's, no, a, it's a, just God, a pit no. stop. It's crazy, but we were just naming off all the places that are going to be open this year. It's Florida, insane. Florida, Texas A&M, Tennessee. Ole Miss, Tennessee, Missouri, and probably. Missouri, and where am I drawing Ole a blank? Miss. On one Did more. you say Ole Miss? I said I got to Ole Miss. And if Dan Mullen leaves and goes to Florida, yes. then Mississippi State's job opens up. Yep. So you could see six new coaches next year in the SEC. And it all dates back to Nick Saban's past 10 years at Alabama. I mean, that's yeah. real because the bar is well, the problem. So the bar high. is set. It's stupid set high right now. It's unfair where, where he had to, everyone expects we want to win championships right now. We're going to happen. It's like, listen, Saban is a unique individual. He's like LeBron and all those like yeah. top dudes. It's just, it's one guy and I don't care how hard you work and what you do. It's just, he's just better. There's nothing to it. He does a better job recruiting he does a better job coaching. At the end of the day, he's just a better football coach, and there's nothing you can do about it, and no one's ever going to get to where he is at. So these fans just need to take a step down, take a notch down, just be happy. If you're getting winning seasons, you're going to good bowl games and win bowl games because until Saban's retires, I don't see anything changing, especially the way they're recruiting over there. They're just going to continue getting top, top talent. So, But it's going to be interesting. I'm really excited to see. And Houston Nutt, I'm sure his name's going to get thrown around. Yeah. Les, Miles, Les Miles was in the studio this weekend with us covering games. His name, I'm sure, is going to get thrown around. And the big name we talked about all weekend, too, is Scott Frost. Yep. Uh, and him making the jump from UCF. So it's going to be a fun offseason 
seeing where these guys end up and then also covering the recruiting trail with it, you know, Absolutely, seeing what dude. recruits those guys can bring with them. No doubt. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of a lot of news being broken as teams continue to beat up on each other in search for a conference championship berth. Going outside the SEC, there were a few really good games in the ACC this past weekend. How about old CMR down in Coral Gables? The number 10 ranked Miami Hurricanes whoop up on Virginia Tech. They win 28-10. to 10. I think they forced four turnovers. Miami was an underdog at home, and guess who picked it? Your boy DB did. Uh, boy, your you one know, win. Feel good about it. <laughs> Those four Atta turnovers, boy. though. I mean, that's you're going to win a lot of games playing like that. And Coach Rick kind of silenced the haters. I, I saw a lot of talking heads calling Miami fraudulent, saying that they did not deserve a top ten ranking. It's just a matter of time before they lose a couple games because they've played some poor teams, very very close. They've got a big one coming up this weekend: Catholics versus convicts. Notre Dame heading down south to take on Miami. Two. I was going to say two unbeaten teams, but obviously Notre Dame has lost to Georgia. But Kutrick, big-time win, setting himself up for a huge, huge game this weekend, and I think we want Miami to beat Notre Dame if you're a Georgia fan. I tell you what, that those black jerseys those are and what they've done—they're sweet. And what they've done to that stadium now, the Hard Rock, the Hard Rock Casino Stadium, yeah, I believe. Played there. I played there before they renovated it. It yeah. looks awesome right now. They've done a great year. job. It looks like a yeah. soccer stadium. It's pretty cool. Yeah, the roof over top. I yeah. mean, it's a sweet stadium. The pe- the fans were there. They were rowdy. Like I said, those black uniforms were awesome. And they came out to play. The turnovers were, the turnovers were key. Virginia Tech not known for, for turnovers. Josh Jackson, their quarterback, throwing two INTs. But Malik Rogier, the quarterback for Miami, yep. if he didn't throw those three interceptions, Miami might have whooped up even worse exactly. and earlier in the game. Virginia Tech kind of hung around for a little bit uh, until a couple turnovers at the beginning of the second half. But Miami should have spanked them anymore, but really impressive with him. Travis Homer, their big, their running back, that 64-yard touchdown run was sweet. Yes. Duke put on the Jets and was gone. So, man, I'm pumped for that game this weekend because Notre Dame put a whooping on this weekend too. So they're looking damn good, especially running the ball. So. Another big game, but going back to Miami not being ranked high enough, and then also I don't know if we're going to cover on the show or not tonight because you're the producer and you are in charge. <laughs> but the Wisconsin Badgers, baby, oh yeah, I know. I had them in my playoffs. No one gave them any love. They're at nine, and then they once again there you go. Just keep winning. I know they have a crappy schedule, but you look at the uh, the Big Ten right now and just how bad those teams are. They're still chugging along. They'll be undefeated probably by the end of the season heading into that Big Ten championship. Yeah, Iowa's heading to Camp Randall this weekend. Iowa obviously whooped up on Ohio State this past weekend. They should have beat Penn State earlier in the year. So that will probably be Wisconsin's biggest test before heading to Mm -hmm. Indianapolis for the Big Ten championship game. I will be watching that one this weekend. And also, um, Iowa was a 16-point underdog this past weekend, and that was one of my hot tips. And, of course, I didn't pick it on the podcast because I'm an idiot. So I'm going to backtrack and say, actually, I'm very, very smart, and people need to respect me for my college football prognostication. Okay, Aaron? I said it. It's unbelievable. And Iowa JT Barrett threw four four interceptions. That first one, I mean, he's just sitting back in the pocket, looking left, looking right, looking left, and then boom – Pick six. He hasn't thrown an interception since facing Oklahoma. And then all of a sudden he's thrown four. And I actually got a couple of pretty interesting stats about that game. I think that's a, the largest deficit that Saban has gone through as a coach. That's I think it's the Urban most Meyer? points he's given up as well. I mean, yeah, Urban, Meyer. Yeah, Urban yeah. Meyer, Urban Meyer, my apologies. 
Saban's just on my mind just because we're talking so much of good course. stuff. But Urban Meyer, I think it's the most points, 55 points, the most points he's given up as a head coach. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, against like an Iowa team, man. Of course. It's crazy. You know, and they got a bunch of turnovers, and that got that one got out of hand really quickly. And a, another name that, since we're talking about possible coaching vacancies across the SEC, I think a name to watch is Justin Fuente, Virginia Tech's head coach. He might have uh, used Blacksburg, Virginia as a little stepping stool to get into the SEC. So. That's one to watch. Okay, the next game and our last game that we picked last week was number four, Clemson, traveling to Raleigh to play NC State. NC State was ranked number 20. Clemson was an eight-point favorite, and they struggled at times, but they did win 38-31. to They do not cover that eight-point spread, but Clemson continues to look really good, and if Kelly Bryant is healthy, Clemson's defense paired with him is a scary sight for any of their opponents. I don't know. Ryan Finley, quarterback for NC State, started the game off 13 for 13. First half, 15 of 18, two touchdowns. And really going to the end of the game, they're down by seven. They're driving. He's making great throws after great throw. And then the receivers, they're in a three by one formation, three receivers to the left, one receiver to the right. And the receivers, all of a sudden, just as he's snapping the ball, one steps on, one steps off the line of scrimmage. They actually complete the pass, get down to about the four-yard line with, I think, roughly 18 seconds to go in the game. Referee throws the penalty, illegal procedure on NC State, backs them up, and then next play, he just tries to force one down the field, interception, game over. But realistically, if those receivers just stay put, they don't move. I don't know why they decide one guy needs to go on, one guy needs to go off. They stay put. They're going to have first and goal to four and have three chances to put the end zone to go in the overtime. So, NC State, man, they had a chance to knock off Clemson. Uh, they look good all day, but like you said, Clemson still Kelly Bryant. I really like what he does with his feet, extending plays, ran for a touchdown as well. Uh, if they can keep him healthy, they should win the ACC. Um, their only big test, obviously, will be Miami in the championship. Yeah, that'll be a a really really good championship game if if Clemson and Miami do meet up. I believe that one's. In Charlotte. Okay, let's touch up on a few other things. Penn State lost again. They were on the road against Michigan State. I think Michigan State was ranked number 24 in the nation. So the statistic for Coach James Franklin lives on. He has never beaten an AP top 25 team on the road in his head coaching career. And then I know a game that you want to talk about, Aaron. There was a total of 114 (laughs) points scored in this game. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State bedlam rivalry and i just can't take these teams seriously their offenses are great to watch but i thought that i could have lined up maybe in a slot receiver and probably got about 150 yards reception yesterday oh first of all going back to penn state game saquon barkley zero zero rushing yards in the first half that's not going to cut it and that game i think it was about a three-hour rain delay i just kept looking yeah. up at the screen and it's just blank i'm like is anything going to happen Three hours, I'm just like, oh, man. So that's a, that's another tough loss for them. Like he said, James Franklin, 0-10 for his AP-ranked opponents, 0-5 during his tenure at Penn State. But going back to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State game, I mean, it was literally 7-on-7 seven seven out there. I know. It was stupid. Joke. These receivers are open by about 10, 15 yards every time they touch the ball. Every time a running back would touch it, first contact would be when he got to the safety about 20 yards down the field. It, it was disgusting. I was joking around with – the guys uh, this weekend say, man, if I went to one of these schools, I probably would have thrown for about 100 touchdowns a season, <laughs> and I probably would have two two Heisman trophies. I mean, it is 
Incredible, it, incredible what, what these quarterbacks, they just sit back there and it's seven on seven touch football. No one wants to tackle anyone and no one wants to cover anyone. Actually, it's worse than that. It's not seven on seven. It's Friday. It's Yeah. It's Friday Pascal versus scout team where your coach designs the defense. So you have success on offense. So you feel really good about yourself heading into the game. <laughs> that is what it was at that game that night or last night. Yeah. And, and, and again, I, I cannot take these to Oklahoma's good squad. I mean, they beat up on Ohio state. Now that doesn't look as appealing um, a couple weeks after the fact, but I just don't see how Oklahoma could take that style and make a run um, towards a national championship in the college football playoff. But that remains to be seen. I mean, a lot's going to happen. And, and if anything, week 10 showed us is that the unknown is uh, pretty wild. I can tell you one thing, though. The one thing that did clear up this weekend was that Baker Mayfield won himself a Heisman Trophy. I think so. I don't know who, I don't know who else you're going to give it to. Tell I, me this. The, the, the running back at, at Stanford, maybe. Yeah. But everyone else in that top five really had rough days, and he – on the big stage, went out there and threw five touchdowns and I think like 600 yards passing, 598 yards passing, and, okay, and five I, touchdowns. Tell me this, because I think there's a big problem with the Heisman voting process. If you had a vote, which you probably will be getting in the next couple of years, if you had a vote and you can cast it early, would you just cast it and say Baker Mayfield's it? I mean, he's done enough throughout – 10 weeks of the season? Cause I feel like that no. may have happened last year with Lamar Jackson. Deshaun Watson should have won the Heisman last year, but Lamar, know, Lamar Jackson, Jackson last year. Video game he's numbers. unbelievable. Yeah. He's, he's put up video game numbers, numbers. And, and obviously Louisville is nowhere near as good as Clemson. So you have to take that in consideration too, that Lamar pretty much put the team on his back week in and week out running the ball, passing the ball. Uh, I think I thought he was a better player last year, not a better quarterback, obviously, but just a better player. But Oklahoma, they still have to play TCU, number eight in the country. Yep, that's and then they have, to play, they have to play West Virginia last game of the season, and West Virginia had a big upset this weekend. So, you know, there's still three games to go. He still has to go there and produce. But if they win out and he plays all these next three games, there's no reason why he shouldn't win the Heisman. I totally agree. Uh, he looks really good. And it's an interesting year for the Heisman Trophy race because uh, I wouldn't call them obscure names, but not a lot of, like, like household names that people have been known and following for the past couple of years in college football. Okay, week 11, though, Aaron. Week 11's awesome. We've been talking about it earlier in the show. Number one-ranked Georgia Bulldogs heading west to take on the number 10-ranked Auburn Tigers. That game's on CBS at 3.30 p.m. Number two, Alabama going on the road as well to take on the number 16-ranked Mississippi State Bulldogs. That game's in Starkville. It's on ESPN at 7 p.m. One that everybody will be watching. Number 300 Dame travels south to take on the number nine ranked Miami Hurricanes. That game's at 8 p.m. on ABC. And you just mentioned this one, Aaron. Number eight TCU travels to Norman. They're going to take on the number five Oklahoma Sooners. That game's at 8 p.m. as well. Big, big yeah. week. And it's just going to get bigger and bigger. Oh, yeah. There's a couple more games. Washington. Uh, the Huskies going to at Stanford, Michigan State at Ohio State, Oklahoma State at Iowa State. Uh, I believe there's one more big one I think I'm missing. Oh, and then I don't know if you consider this big or not, but Florida State at Clemson, it's a big rivalry game. Yeah. You yeah. never know what could happen in those type of games. You just never know. Clemson should the way they're playing and how bad Florida State's playing. Clemson should blow them out the water, especially at Clemson. But Rivalry games, they take on a, a, a new face, so you never know what might happen at that 330 game this weekend. I agree, but I'd, I'd, I would confidently tell you that 
Clemson yes. will beat them by probably 35 points. So we'll probably give you that pick on Thursday's show for our Week 11 preview. What are you thinking yeah, about the uh, uh, rest of the week? When we get to the show, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll get everybody looped in, and it's going to be a big, big weekend. Dude, I'm just so pumped. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm going to be back. I'm actually heading up to Chicago. I got Ball State. I covered this past Thursday, and they just got their butt spanked first Eastern Michigan. Their Ball State's on their four-string quarterback, so that's never a good thing. Oh, uh, they're they're going up to place Northern Illinois this weekend. So I got that game Thursday, and then jump on a plane uh, Friday morning and back in studio all weekend. So, I mean, there's no better place. And you got 20 monitors in front of you watching football. The only negative is they have way too many cookies and (laughs) too many cookies though. Way too many cookies. And I have no self-control. So I think I put about five pounds on this weekend. Well, that's it's all in the name of football. So good deal. All right. Well, everybody check back in with us on Thursday for your week 11 preview for Aaron. I am drew and you have been listening to the punt and pass podcast. See you.